welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew And today on the show, we're talking about the biggest wins and losses from property investment. Now, this actually comes from the big survey we did as part of the New Zealand Property Investor magazine. This was sponsored by ResiMac. And at the end of the survey, we asked two open-ended questions. We asked, well, what was your biggest win and what was your biggest mistake in property investment? These are from real investors and probably many of you listening to the show actually did this survey. Now, over the weekend, I combed through 900 responses, open-ended, people just typing stuff in. You need to get a hobby, mate. Yeah, my hobby is doing this show with you <laughs> and spending time with the love of my life, Andrew Nickel. And so the reason I want to do this show is it will give you a sense of what real property investors are out there saying. What do they consider their biggest wins? What do they consider their biggest losses? Now, the question that we actually asked was, well, what was your biggest win as an investor? The vast majority of people said one of two things, either capital gains or increases in house prices. But there were a lot as well around people wanting to help tenants. Here are a couple of quotes. One Otago property investor with 10 to 19 properties said, making unlivable houses livable again. Another investor with five to 10 properties said, providing nice properties for tenants. And my favourite was a Waikato investor with two to five properties saying, buying cheap and dirty, making beautiful and enjoying good tenants, good landlord. So those were the two main themes. Capital gains are providing good houses for tenants. But I've also picked out quite a few really interesting ones that I think, you know, just hearing other investors experience, you guys will get a lot from. So let's start with the first one. The years of struggling financially to keep our first couple of investment properties that gave us the foundation. And that's from a Canterbury investor with five to 10 properties. So the awesome part about that is it's kind of that good reminder, that gentle reminder, especially now with interest rates going up, that it can be a little bit harder in those initial stages. You know, you're making contribution and maybe the market isn't going up as quickly as it was last year or the year before, but it's that longer term view of investing in property where you look back, say, 20 years later or 10 years later and think, God, that was all worth it. I've got another one from an investor who owns two to five properties and they've said, I've gained so much perspective. I've learned not to sweat the small stuff and that I should work smarter, not harder. It's a very worthwhile lesson. And, you know, the reason I like that is it really is true in property. You can sweat the small stuff. I remember we did that episode on landlord versus investor. Oh, Landlords yeah, sweat up. the small stuff. Investors focus on that bigger picture. And I think that certainly first-time property investors sometimes do focus too much on the details, the small stuff, whether you've got to pay I don't know, 150 bucks to, to fix something, to pay out some maintenance on your property or, you know, this or that, even larger expenses. In the grand scheme of things, it can sometimes be better to spend the money, sort out the issues with your property, move on, have happy tenants. So it's really nice to see people realising that. What's the next one that kind of piqued your interest? Next one, Waikato Investor with 5 to 10 properties said, I still have my original investment property 36 years later. How amazing is that? You deserve a pat on the back for that. 36 years? That would have increased like It'd 10 times. He'd probably paid $20,000 for it. Yeah, he would have paid, or she would have paid significantly less than what it would be worth today. And I think that is something to be really, really proud of. I mean, she's probably paid off the mortgage, and it's likely to be debt-free. So I think that's really good. 
Now, the next one I kind of chuckled at was that from an Auckland-based property investor with 10 to 19 properties. They've said, too stupid to sell as every year over the past 40 years, I've called a market fool every year, including the upcoming one, bound to be right sometime. So he's saying, with a bit of a fall this year, he's, he's finding he's been right once, or she's been right once, because even a broken clock is right twice a day. And I think it's actually so true. And I kind of like the idea of being quote unquote, too stupid to sell. Obviously, that probably was one of the best financial decisions that they would have made because their properties would have done so well over that time frame and probably in a much better financial position. Do you know what I also chuckled at was I scrolled across and I looked at what their reason for investing in property was. Because of course, as well as asking what was your biggest win, what was your biggest loss, you know, how many properties you got, I also like to ask, why do you invest? And maybe we'll do a show on that sometime in the future. They said their reason for investing in property was, quote, too dumb to start a business or restaurant. <laughs> well, actually probably smart not to start a restaurant then. Yeah, because they would have done significantly better after that. What's the next one that kind of caught our eye? Next one was a Wellington investor with two to five properties and said, as a superannuant, having something to sell to enable me to live a decent life. So, I mean, again, this is kind of that long-term approach to property. You know, often we get so caught up on the here and now of what the market's doing today, but longer term, you know, having something that will actually supplement your income later on in retirement is, is awesome. And I've got one last one from the wins that just, you know, feel a bit good and you identify with these, don't you? You think, yeah, that's me, I like that. This person's living in Auckland, five to ten properties, and they say, signing up for a house to be built two weeks after the first lockdown. This is their biggest one. Signing up for a house to be built two weeks after the first lockdown. I was ready the week of lockdown, but couldn't get a solicitor anymore. I could have not signed with all the dire predictions, but went ahead anyway, based on the numbers still working and a moral obligation to go through with it. We had 15% capital gain by the time the house has been built. Oh, now it's nearly 40%. How good is that? Do you know what, Andrew? I know this. some people are going to think this sounds really terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Whenever I meet a podcast listener at a restaurant, on the street, wherever it happens to be, we'll pass and say, oh, listen to the podcast. What have you been buying? What have you been buying? Oh, I bought this. Oh, you would have done well. Out. You know, when did you buy? Two years ago. Oh, you would have done well out of that. Yeah, I have. And I just get so happy for people who have built their wealth through property, taking a chance, taking a risk. And I just love it because look at you. You're sorting yourself out for retirement. You're being responsible. I just think what a beautiful thing. Good on you guys. Now, some people were not happy with my question. Because I put, I specifically put that one in. Yeah. Somebody said, Canterbury property investor with five to 10 properties said, no idea what that question means. Time to pay someone to write a decent survey. I will find you, female 50 plus living in Canterbury. I have your IP address. Oh, Ed doesn't take criticism well. I often say only two things go to my head, alcohol and feedback. <laughs> and at the moment I've got both. <laughs> so Andrew, let's, that's a joke by the way. Ha ha. No Big, feedback. <laughs> let's come across to the biggest mistakes, Andrew. Read us, what was the question so, here? So the question was, what's been your biggest mistake as an investor? Time to get someone to write these surveys. So three main themes in action, so not buying sooner, waiting, not buying more, selling, so not starting soon enough or selling the few that we sold for stupid reasons. And the third one, bad tenants. There were quite a few bad tenants yeah. ones in there. But number one, not starting sooner, yeah. not buying more. Like I should almost share my screen. I mean, we're not recording this one on YouTube, but there were so many. I should go through and calculate how many actually had that 
theme coming through because it was huge. Well, of the investors that I've worked with over a number of years, I would say that most people I work with say, oh, I wish I'd known this a few years ago. Yeah, but that's the interesting thing because then when you actually come to sign your name on the dotted line and buy the property, you always feel a bit nervous. I know. I do. Do you still? No. No, you don't. No, You've got, no. you're, you're long past it. Yeah, Psychop- yeah, yeah. Psychopathy will do that to you. <laughs> but yet we still feel like that's our biggest regret, even to this day for me. So, Edric, read us out what a real property investor has said has been their biggest mistake. So a female aged 35 to 50, Waikato investor with 5 to 10 properties said, not increasing rents and keeping them at a market rate when starting out and things were tight. Too much fear of the tenants moving out. And that's actually something, that is definitely something that I suffered from in the early stages of my investing. Think Oh, I don't want to increase it because I don't want them to leave. I can't afford, you know, three weeks, four weeks worth of vacancy. And actually, when they move out after the first year and you make minor renovations and representation to the market. I think what they're saying by that is, well, if the tenants move out, maybe I'd give it a lick of paint and increase the rent, take it back to market, something along those lines. Yeah. I definitely think that's a big worry for first-time investors. Vacancy is probably the number one fear of most investors. That's probably the thing that I've picked up in all these years doing this. And yet that's probably the thing that happens least often. Now, this one comes from a Hawke's Bay Gisbert investor with five to 10 properties. They said, not buying more aggressively, although we're quite conservative, so I could at least sleep well at night and I am still married, smiley face, (laughs) smile face, and happy all over. So, I mean, good on them. They're happy. They've invested in property. You know, they've kept their significant other and can sleep well at night. That gave me a bit of a chuckle when putting it together on Saturday at (laughs) 9pm. Next is a male between oh, eight, this is a good one. 18 and 35 with two to five properties in Canterbury. Trusting verbal agreements and gentlemen's handshakes. It means nothing if one party changes their tune. Having clear and solid contracts and good lawyers always. And I think that's very true. The challenge with verbal contracts is not so much that people are liars. It's just that there's no clear definition. And often you might not have thought of something that might have gone wrong and people just come away from it with two different opinions and then of course the challenge with this is if you make an agreement with even someone that you slightly like you can end up hating them by the time you end up trying to enforce a verbal agreement. You see I have verbal agreements with my partner all the time it always (laughs) ends up bad for me. Now there were lots about buying property in Australia Lots of them. So I've got two for you. The first person is a Manabutu Wangarui investor with two to five properties. And they said, buying rental in Australia, big con job, but I didn't lose money on it. And then I had another one from an investor in Bay of Plenty, 10 to 19 properties, said, buying an apartment off the plans in Broadbeach, cost me 100000 Australian, prevented me buying a number of properties, which I would have been able to do had I gone over and had a look. It also kept me out of the market for about four years. And this was actually a major thing that a long, long time ago, I can't remember how long ago. What, Key to Australia, was that the one? No, it was called Howard Pacific, so they were one of the big companies. So years and years ago, there used to be radio ads, and there was this old guy, I can't remember his name, but there was also Howard Pacific, and they were the guys that would come and sell apartments on the Gold Coast. And Oh, get, so you could get your, your deduction by yes, on your travel over yes, there. absolutely. The whole thing was a have, and things were sold massively overvalued. But they people, used to be in the malls. Yeah, they did them in the malls as well, but this is even before that, they just had, when, before malls, they do the radio ads, terrible investment for a lot of people. But, you know, I think a lot of people got suckered into them and then comments like this, I never lost any money, but they don't think about the contributions and stuff like that. But, you know, they held them for 15 years and managed to sell them at the same price they paid them for. Disappointing, eh? 
So what's the next one, Andrew? Okay, so a Targo investor with two to five properties, listening to friends' advice and sold our section. We were to build a family home on them, bought another developable section, but it was way too early for our experience level. Ended up selling that section to buy an old house with our very young family. And that's just such a common theme about people getting advice from their friends that maybe give their view on what's worked for them, but don't have any idea about what works for someone's financial position, right? But also in this situation, this investor essentially bit off more than they can chew when it comes to thinking, yeah, I want to be a developer. I want to develop this section. But in actual fact, you know, just didn't quite have either the the stomach or the nouse for it. Now, the last one that I want to read here, and I, I love reading through people's situations, and this comes from an Auckland investor with one investment property. They've said not starting 10 years earlier, not being brave enough to buy earlier, Listening to the naysayers, then buying a two-bedroom apartment that is actually too small, 55 square metres. Fabulous location, but too small. Now, why are you saying, oh? Just, just uh, again, people. You're talking about from the bank's perspective, yeah, aren't yeah. you? And so potentially having a lower LVR on this property yes. because it's a smaller apartment, uh, especially for two bedrooms. So I really love the survey, being able to read the wins, the losses, what real people are thinking and feeling, even if what they're thinking and feeling is, this isn't a very well-written question. But you know what? <laughs> I take it. I'll take it on the chin. We'll adapt it for next year. And I think... Well, what do you reckon? Should we do another one specifically about like people's reasons for investing in property? What do you reckon? Yeah, good idea. Righty, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And coming up on the first Tuesday of May, we have got our next webinar, which is all about how to get investor ready. By that I mean, if you aren't in the position financially, to buy your first or your next investment property, what are the strategies you can use to get finance over the line, get you there more quickly than you would otherwise be? We're going to be talking about that with our live studio audience. Now, if you want to come along to that, tap or swipe over the cover up. There'll be a link there where you can sign up or just go to our website, Opus Partners. And if you sign up, tick the little box that says, yep, I'm keen to come and I'd like to be part of your studio audience in Christchurch, then we'll do a draw seven days beforehand. It'll be a lot of fun. to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the property market. Until next time, 